now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Take me to the Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir, I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, along with Captain Dennis. We are your crew for Just Plane Radio, the show devoted to the aviation lifestyle and learning to fly. All right, so uh, Dennis has uh, reached out. We we share the common bond of aviation, but we also share the common bond of not being able to see too good. I wear glasses. He wears glasses. You may wear glasses, <laughs> and, you know, and and that is an unfortunate situation that we have to take into consideration when we're learning to fly our aircraft. Sometimes is that right, Dennis? What do you think? Right. And what is this, you know, what does a glasses discussion have to do with radio, right? It's not like we need to see to talk on the radio, right? Well, that is true, but you do need to see if you want to fly an airplane. And that is exactly, what we, you know, have a tendency to discuss on just plain radio. So Dean well, is our guest right now from flying eyes, optical.com. Dean, welcome to just plain radio. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Okay. So, uh, it is radio, you, you know, so we, they don't have to be tortured by looking at us, uh, today, but we do Thankfully, have to be too. able to, yeah, we do have to be able to see when we fly our airplanes. And, and, you know, this is something when I was doing, going through my flight training, uh, I had to find a right, you know, glasses to wear, uh, prescription glasses that I wear. But, but, you know, one thing I found out right away was polarization was not a good fit for pilots because obviously it may work with the sun when we're in Florida flying our aircraft, but not so much when you look down at the instruments that you've got to pay That's attention right. to sometimes. Is that right? Dean? Right. You get that question a yeah, lot or what? I do. We get that question regularly. So it's very common for people to think that polarization blocks UV light and you're protecting your eyes from by wearing polarized lenses and that nothing could be further from the truth. That is a, two different things that are in all eyewear. Um, well, two different things that are in eyewear, uh, polarization in, in some eyewear, but UV protection is in all eyewear. It's required. All eyewear, sunglasses, even the cheapest dollar store sunglasses are an FDA regulated product. It's an FDA class one medical device. Hmm. And okay. so uh, all of them by law, have to block a certain amount. I think it's 96% of UV light. And so you're protecting your eyes just by wearing any sunglasses. Now, um, polarization blocks a certain angle of visible light, which is great if you're on the water or, or on the, on snow. If you get that glare up from the bottom below you, that's what polarization will block. Mm. And, and, that's, uh, and so um, in the cockpit, uh, polarization is bad because uh, it obviously, as you mentioned, it blocks uh, LCD displays and it blocks your iPad and your iPhone. You can't see it. Um, it, it additionally, if you're if ATC tries to, they're pointing out traffic to you. That glint or glare from that other aircraft is what you may spot. Is the way you may spot that aircraft. Hmm. And if you're wearing True. polarized glasses, you won't see it. Right, just that extra little glare, flash, whatever case case may be, will help you identify the aircraft. Dennis, what say you? Well, I was going to say the other part of the problem isn't even the type of lenses, but the frames themselves. I mean, almost all of us now are flying with some form of noise canceling headset, and anything that get that causes a break in that seal 
causes the sound to just go crazy in your ears. So it's a struggle trying to find a pair of glasses that will actually fit well or get, you know, you experiment with different gel ear cups. And I happened to run into Dean's company uh, a couple weekends ago down in Naples at the U.S. Air Expo. And lo and behold, they've seemed to have addressed that problem by eliminating the frame material and getting it down to about a millimeter thick that'll fit under nearly any headphone and eliminating that whole uh, unnecessary uh, complication as well. Dean, is that the main feature of the Flying Eyes uh, line of uh, glasses? I've been a pilot for 25 years and wearing any kind of eyewear, sunglasses, eyeglasses under a helmet or headset, like I wear, I wear a Bose headset, but I uh, have lots of friends with light speeds. They're also great products, but all of these headsets are designed with some amount of clamping force to keep out noise as well as electronic noise canceling. And, and some variation of both, all of them have some clamping force. And so consequently, when you wear regular eyeglasses or regular sunglasses, you get that noise leak or that pressure or pain in your temples and it hurts. And no matter, even with metal, uh, metal sunglasses or metal eyeglasses that are really, really thin, they're still inflexible. And so, uh, I set about to, uh, I started with, I, with sunglasses and I set about to solve this problem with sunglasses first, uh, developed a, 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 found a material that could be molded a millimeter thin and be very, very flexible. And so you put them on under your headset or helmet. You don't feel them all day long. Oh, uh, you gotta love that. Whether that, you're that flying fatigue. or not, that would be a, That's right. a nice advantage. So there, I, I would imagine they're thin. That makes them lighter right. too. Is it some special, right. uh, like titanium type of product or is it some special it's, concoction you can't share like your secret well, sauce? It's, we call it resilamide. It is oh. injection molded, but most sunglasses, uh, and plastic eyeglasses are either acetate or they're, or they're a, a type of nylon. Uh, we use neither of these things. The material we use is primarily used in aerospace. Uh, like I said, we call it resilamide, but it's the only material that I found that allows you to mold them so thin without worry of, of, of deforming or breaking. And that's uh, part of our patent. Right. Well, your road crew impressed me because they literally wound up the temple into a spiral and let it go. And so, right. you know, for somebody that, you know, inadvertently throws their sunglasses onto the seat and sits on them or, you know, right. something like that. Uh, right. I, they're going to hold up a whole lot better. You're not going to be dealing with a broken uh, temple and trying to get spare parts. But right. uh, what also impressed me was the warranty on them. So I, the frame was guaranteed for life, uh, yep. a year warranty on the lenses themselves. So right. it, it's an investment, but one that you guys seem to stand behind. That's right. We uh, we found this material is so durable that we can we can offer a, a, a limited lifetime warranty on the frames if you break them, if they get destroyed in some way, which is unusual. It's rare. Mm-hmm. They're so durable that uh, that will replace them. Um, lenses, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, if you try hard enough, you'll scratch them, but, but, uh, we're, we're confident enough in, in the durability of them that we can, we can warrant those for at least a year. And then for example, if, if they get destroyed, uh, the, the frames, uh, send them back to us. We'll replace them for you. Uh, one time, if you keep, if your dog keeps eating them, um, <laughs> it's, we you can't have more issues than that. glasses is what right, my, exactly, my exactly. thought would be, but, uh, That's right. flying op, or flying eyes, optical.com, uh, check flying my eyes, optics.com. Oh, flying eyes, eyes optics. Dot com. There Flying you go. Optics, Flying yeah. Eyes yep. Optics.com. Check them out. Yep. Uh, and, and you guys do a full line of sunglasses and, and you can do prescription and the whole thing, bifocals, everything, that's, or what? That, 
That's right. Yeah, even for our sunglass line, we can do we can do most prescriptions uh, in our sunglass line uh, up to minus, plus or minus three and a half diopters. Uh, but for those that want to wear eyeglasses and uh, the the other the scientific term is ophthalmics, mm-hmm. if they want to wear eyeglasses uh, day and night, we now introduced we last fall we introduced a line of eye, eyeglasses, um, and that's uh, four frames, uh, two two men's uh, or masculine styles and two women's styles, and uh, they have they have a flatter lens. Uh, uh, frame shape so that you can put much stronger prescriptions in them if if need be. Uh, you can put just about any prescription that's available in them. And then we have, with those eyeglass lenses, uh, eyeglass frames, we have a new magnetic clip-on that goes onto the front that yeah. uh, is a tinted uh, lens. So you can have your clear lenses, your clear prescription lenses, and when it's sunny out, you have these little magnetic. Oh yes, exactly. Uh, magnetic Dennis is wearing his, maybe I guess. Yes. Are those the flying eyes you're wearing today? They're similar, that but I'm going to be looking to uh, work with Dean here to get a pair because yeah. I really like the idea. I love the magnetic sun clips. I think they're the greatest invention ever. The clip-ons that we have, they are designed in such a way that they look exactly like the frames that you are buying. So when you put them on, you, you can't, can't tell. tell that they're magnetic. You um, got to be able then, to see good and look good at the same time. That, that's so right. You can get all this information at flyingeyesoptics.com, right, Dean? That's right. So check them out. And, uh, Dean, thanks for being on Just Plain Radio. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And we got more coming up. Stay close. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. Do you have a message or product you need to share with the aviation world? Well, look no further than Just Plain Radio. Just like you, thousands of aviation enthusiasts are hearing this message. And we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. Go to JustPlainRadio.com. Send us an email and let us get to work to make your marketing message matter. 
Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I feel like I'm in the wrong place. Okay. I want to introduce you to the wonderful Rachel. Uh, okay. Hello. How are you doing? Hi, Clean. Nice to finally meet you. It's nice to meet you, too. Um, how do you two know each other? Well, I'm Rachel, okay. and I'm actually a pilot, so Holly was my wing woman to get me in here. <laughs> okay. I'm so excited, and I can't wait to talk to you more inside. Absolutely. All right. Let's see you there you go. This is Just Plane Radio. Gregor, co-pilot, Captain Dennis, we're your crew. That is Rachel. She is still in the running on The Bachelor because uh, I know you've been watching that uh, week in and week out. She's she's made like the final, uh, you know, final group of ladies uh, vying she, for th- Thanks, Clayton's. Greg. Thanks for that update. We really need. Oh, you don't lie to me. You knew every <laughs> single episode and every movement. What's been happening? But the fact that we still have a pilot in the running. Uh, you know, for you know, love to be made uh, on The Bachelor. I think I think the entire aviation industry can get behind this. And uh, we have a special guest, Karina, uh, who's a flying instructor for Textron. And uh, you back me up on this, Karina, wouldn't you? Would you? Are you are you a fan yeah. of The Bachelor? You think we ought to have a I bachelor? Am ret- not, no. Oh, what? what? See? I didn't but, know there was a pilot on it. I might have to go back and watch. Well, see, that's my I'm point. See, now you know, and now you have somebody to you know put your your uh, support behind, and that's how I feel about Absolutely. it too. We gotta we gotta protect our own, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, okay. Definitely. She's just following along. She doesn't care, <laughs> but, but that's okay. No one cares. We uh, we we gotta educate our passengers here at Just Plane Radio accordingly and keep them up to date. With the latest Hollywood gossip, so that's what uh, that's one of the roles I play. All right, so uh, Karina is our guest. Now y- you met Dean down there from uh, FlyingEyesOptics.com uh, uh, at this event in Naples, right, uh, Dennis? Right, uh, it was the U.S. Air Expo. They put it. It's a traveling road show that goes around the country to various airports, and they bring out uh, you know, many of the aircraft manufacturers. Uh, Textron was there with their Grand Caravan and their 182. Yeah, we had Cirrus was there with a Vision Jet and SR22. Uh, Daher was there with the Kodiak and a and a TBM, and uh, I think uh, there was a couple other. Uh, uh, trying to think who else was there well, uh, a Diamond bunch of had folks. a couple of twins but yeah. you know it was it was terrific because you know, get to come out and it's much smaller scale than oshkosh or sun and fun you can actually go talk to representatives and that's how i met karina okay. i was like hey we need to talk about a 182 because yeah, not about the bachelor a little bit more you practical to- <laughs> for greg than going straight to a caravan you know so well hey you got a dream big you gotta talk you down to something that's actually achievable well no uh, hold on hold on you have to dream big do do you not karina you'll back me up on that too won't you i i definitely do but i'm in that same uh plug for you know you got to start somewhere and uh 182 is a great option for you okay so i I gotta walk before i run or i gotta fly a 182 before i go for the big boy uh for the grand caravan Mm -hmm. okay And, and i understand that but uh, but you know I have my sights set on that Grand Caravan and and so what you for Textron you're uh, participating in these uh, little events that uh, you know Dennis saw you at at, the, at Naples last week uh, or what what are you doing exactly? Yeah, definitely. So my position is a demonstration pilot for Textron Aviation. So we fly the airplanes, obviously. So we flew it down to 
uh, Naples, Florida there. And then we just stand by the airplane all day. So we're not sales. There was the sales director there. You could talk to as well. Yeah. We're just the pilots, me and a coworker flew down together. And then we stand by the plane all day and answer any questions that people might have. Got it. I mean, you're not doing like test flights or anything like that either, right? You're just uh, there to kind of display the plane and answer all the questions about how the the avionics work and how the plane handles from a pilot's perspective because you are one, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We can give that firsthand experience, uh, try and relate to the customers. If there is a potential customer that's interested in the airplane after the fact, uh, then we bring the airplane back down to Florida. And from there on, we can give them a demonstration flight from there. But at uh, the U.S. Air Expo, just a static event for us to uh, meet, meet new customers. I love it. Now, now, Dennis was saying during the commercial break that uh, this was not your career path is, uh, you know, as early as like a year ago. It kind of took a strange, well, it took a deviation. Is that right, Karina? I think it took a left turn at Oshkosh, didn't it? Is that what it was? What it happened? It did. Yeah, it definitely was. Uh, it was all because of Oshkosh. So uh, this last summer, I was working as a flight instructor for myself, started my own little flight school. And very last minute trip, my parents and I were decided we were going to head down to Oshkosh. So we were on our way, got to Oshkosh. I had gone to college with a, another pilot who worked for Textron Aviation in the same position that I now work in. And so I was reconnecting with him, just kind of catching up. He was telling me his daily job, what he does for a living. And I commented that that sounds absolutely amazing and that I want that job. Yeah. At the time, I was slated to go to the airlines. I was putting my hours in as a flight instructor and looking around at some airlines, hadn't really made a decision one way or or another on which airline, but it was really very airline focused. I knew other things were out there, but I didn't know exactly what those things were. So Mm -hmm. in that conversation, it really opened my eyes of this is a job that I want. This is a kind of an attainable goal for me to set my eyes on. And through that conversation, he mentioned that he could Uh, had me talk to the right guy. And so the next morning I showed up. Um, I like to joke that I uh, went back to my tent in true Oshkosh fashion and (laughs) found the nicest t-shirt I had in my book bag of clothes and (laughs) went back and talked to uh, who was his manager, now my manager at the time, and had a really good conversation. So it was all about just that connection there. A few weeks later, they had invited me down for a tour of the facility and another interview. And from there, uh, Got the job, so it worked, worked out for me. That's a pretty good gig. You get to fly around and uh, text on uh, uh, planes. I mean, are you specific to one particular aircraft, or they got you flying all types of different things from one event to another? Yeah, a few different ones. So mm-hmm. I'm specific to the piston line. Yeah. Eventually, I'll work my way up into the citations, um, the King Airs, uh, the Beechcraft and Cessna uh, jets there. But for now, I'm just a, a piston demonstration pilot, so... Cessna 172s, 182s, 206s, and then the Beechcraft Bonanza and Baron. Great gig. Dennis, what do you think? Well, I was really impressed. I mean, if if she if this is her gig, she doesn't have it rough. Uh, she mm-hmm. showed up in an air-conditioned Cessna 182, fully decked out. I mean, this airplane is, is something that, Greg, I mean, you wouldn't really be lowering your standards by much. I mean, you can put it on floats. And okay. it does it. It's got air conditioning. So for the Florida, like we that. can spool up the air conditioning and not mm-hmm. die on the ramp while we're taxiing out. You know, this is something to think about. You work your way up. Well, and at 182, you get a lot of utility out. 
is a pretty uh, meaty aircraft. That'll carry a lot of stuff, won't it, Karina? It will, definitely. Yeah, yeah actually has a useful load of 1,100. So you can fit your, your family of four in there with a little bit of luggage. Or no, I'm talking about dive gear. I don't need that. With a lot of luggage. <laughs> <laughs> They're not listening right now, so I can say that, Karina. That's fair. Another buddy or two, we're good to go. It'll help uh, teach me or just give me a plane. Your choice. What is it going to be, Karina? I'll just give you a plane. All right. If you want to yeah. come to Wichita, Just stop right there. Don't say another word. On the side. God bless her. You got to love her. All right. We got more coming up on Just Plane Radio. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. You are now clear for takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. All right, guys, here we go. We got top seven answers on the board. Mid-flight, you'd hate to hear the pilot say... RJ. We're going to crash. We're going to crash. <laughs> All right. Paul, we need this one, buddy. Yeah. This is your chance. Howdy, folks. This is your captain speaking. Sorry to inform you that I'm blank. Lost. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Lost. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along. Captain Dennis navigating the latest aviation news and information. All right. So last Sunday was the Super Bowl. It was a little bit of a depressing event for a Cincinnati fan uh, like myself. But regardless, you know, they put in a good effort and it was a good, it was a fun game to watch. I mean, they kept it pretty, uh, pretty tight there to the end. But from an aviation standpoint, Boy, man, uh, uh, L.A. and the area uh, benefited greatly uh, on many levels from what I could, what I heard. Is that right, Dennis, or what? Yeah, I was hearing that uh, parking spots for business jets were going for you know roughly six grand just to get a slot to come in and out of the FBOs. Everybody was was uh, basically running at full tilt to keep up with the demand. And and what did I see? A uh, few. A few uh, enterprising individuals were using like Flight Radar 24 and some of these uh, sites to track the aircraft as they were leaving. And they had accounted about 140 
private jets all leaving within about five hours at the end of the Super Bowl. I mean, think about that. That's bigger than some airline pushes, you know. That is uh, some serious traffic. And um, yeah, I I mean, hopefully you could have uh, avoided it if you were just one hey, thinking like, hey, hey let, let's fly around uh, the L.A. area just for some uh, stop and goes and brush up on our training. That would have been a very bad time to consider such a thing. Well, w- within 50 miles of the Super Bowl is my guess, you think? Well, considering there was a TFR over the the, the whole area there, uh, yeah. yeah, that would have been a bad time. Well, even even on the outskirts of the TFR is is what I'm saying. That oh, probably yeah. was not ideal, especially on the exit times. Well, it was like four years ago that uh, the Super Bowl was hosted in Minneapolis when I was still living there, and it was just crazy how far and wide. I mean, they were people were making reservations to park airplanes as far north as Duluth, Minnesota, which is you know 150 miles or a three hour car ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you know, all of the GA fields were booked. I mean, I remember our airport shut down two runways to use for parking. So right. we were down to one main runway and it was one direction taxi. So if you, you had to only go right and you'd have to go circle all the way around the airport to come back to the ramp because they couldn't go opposite direction. It was just so busy. Mm-hmm. But the yeah. uh, parking ramp fees... Uh, we're kind of like in line with the car parking fees that the mainstream media was reporting, by the way. Yes. I mean, anywhere near the uh, near the stadium, it was ridiculous what they were charging for parking. But uh, what was it three, four hundred dollars and you yeah. still had, you know, a mile at walk. least at least that. Uh, but they were doing the same thing for parking your aircraft. So they were bidding it up uh, as far as those as as well from what you saw? Yeah, well, there was only a limited amount of ramp space. I mean, there's only so many airports. Granted, there's quite a few in the L.A. basin, but still, there's only so much parking space. And so they the FBOs were having to, you know, staff up accordingly, and uh, it, it cost extra money, and they were sure not shy to, you know, profit from it either. Right. Well, they figured, oh, these business jet owners can afford it. So they raked in, raked in the dough. I mean, heck, the the tickets alone were what three grand minimum. I think is last I saw leading up to the game per ticket minimum. I mean, that would have been a, a deal. I think if you could have got a ticket for three grand. So you yeah, know, uh, if, if you're so inclined, at least, uh, well, you wouldn't have to worry about things like that. You're just like, ah, it's like, money's not an object. If you're going to the yeah, Super that's Bowl, generally, I, I think how those the people that go to those sorts of events with their private jet, that's right. pretty much where that where they're at. The that trick is, is not the the uh, position that you or I are in. Right. The, the, our position is we need to find a friend that uh, yes. operates in those uh, <laughs> at that level because the tickets to the Super Bowl, I'm pretty sure, would finish off your private pilot rating, yeah, including aircraft well, there, rental. Okay, there's that. All right, yeah, I'm more a uh, lower budget kind of guy. I I kind of yeah. feel I I missed a bargain uh, on this airplane that sold what last week in the UK or what was the deal? Was, on that? It was a couple of weeks ago, but it's okay. it's made all the press. Uh, you know, I I would love to go fly a seven forty seven. I may have to settle for this option though. But uh, a retired uh, British Airways seven forty seven was sold to a airport for the grand total of one dollar and 30 cents what so i'm assuming it was a token you know like one pound and so you know in u.s dollars it's about a buck 30 they sold the airplane for a dollar to get it off of their their rolls and they've converted it into an event space apparently they've spent close to seven hundred thousand dollars to modify this from an aircraft you know an airliner that would go across the atlantic yeah stripped it all out to make it usable for weddings parties corporate events whatever uh 
So yeah, seven hundred thousand dollars, and you can have yourself a seven forty seven event space. And apparently, it's renting out for like thirteen hundred dollars an hour if you want to rent the space, or if you're going to do a wedding, it's like twelve grand to rent it for an entire day. Wow, that's pretty steep. And where is this again? In Cosworth, UK. Okay, so and, outside of London. So it's a a long. I would imagine it, it would just be the the width of the airplane, wouldn't it? Like you know, well, and, you know, a seven forty seven is not uh, not exactly a small airplane. You know, that's right. the wide body with the hump on it's top. It's going to be it. a I, nice long tube kind of layout, or you know, a long, yep. elongated type of. Uh, so you can't really well, stand up against the walls because they curve in. But mm-hmm. you know, in the middle, it's going to be tall stand up right. space. So you know, you put your tables around the edge to sit down and chat. And in the middle, maybe you could have a dance floor somehow. I don't know how they'd use it, but hey, it's unique. You know, it's either that, you know, you go to an old pub that's been around for 400 years. So, you know, take one or the other. Okay. And, uh, you know, it doesn't fly. Just going to sit there, but you can rent it out, use it as you see fit or pretend you're flying. And uh, and I guess that'll be part of the charm of renting such a facility. So uh, now, you know, but yeah, it sounds like they got a bargain. I mean, a lot of these, uh, I, 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 I'm kind of shocked that it would sell for so cheap, but they obviously just wanted to get rid of it. But I, I'm seeing more and more of this type of stuff, you know, especially on YouTube. You see all these uh, YouTubers that are getting aircraft that have been left alone for 20 years. And I mean, I saw this, the latest one I'm following, this guy's, uh, what he's trying to, he, he worked out a deal with the owner of the aircraft, said, if you can get this thing started, it's been sitting here for you know, 10, 20 years, all rust out, has bird nests all over it. If you can get it started, you can have it. And he's been covering the process, something rescue, airplane rescue or something. Yeah, I, I think know. it's a Cessna 402. And, you know, and he's not the only one doing that. There's another yeah, YouTube channel out there, if you've come across it, called Jimmy's World, where he's done the same thing. He found three airplanes all abandoned at an old shutdown airport. They were still inside of a hangar. So he had a Cessna 310, a Piper uh aztec and i think a bonanza and unfortunately the bonanza was so far gone it he there was nothing he could do the metal was corroded they basically cut it up for parts but Mm. um he pulled the 310 out and was in the process of trying to restore that and i'm going to try to go see that because jimmy is actually based here in florida so i'm trying to make arrangements to go have a hundred dollar hamburger with him and go see the 310 and some of the stuff he's got going on well uh, screw that go get uh your own aircraft and we can well, create I our own project. Well, I kind of did that. You, do you remember five years ago when I bought the Mooney? Yeah. I went out and took a look at it in Burlington, Wisconsin on the ramp. And w- we had to go evict a family of starlings that had set up a nest in the in the fuselage. And the airplane had only been sitting on the ramp for about a year. Right. So, Well, yeah, you know, but that wasn't, uh, you didn't get that for a dollar forty. <laughs> no, I did not. I wished I could have got or it for free if you could start it up. I mean, I, I just wonder how many aircraft are out there like that that uh, might be salvageable. You'd be surprised. Uh, You remember Just Plain Silly? He did the uh, funny video on our Mooney, right? Right, Well, he also had done a video of his uh, supposed rental fleet, and he had walked around his airport down in Texas filming all of these airplanes that were, you know, with flat tires and covered with, you know, years of dirt. So there is a surprising amount of airplanes out there that people have, you know, hey, I'm, you know, I'm going to get back into flying and I don't want to get rid of it. I got a deal. I'll throw it out there now. I'm willing to front five bucks. And I got the hangar space for it and uh, plenty of people willing to help. And then uh, I get it after the restoration. Sounds like a pretty good deal to me. More coming up. Stay close. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. 
Airplane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. How is it going with the plane? <sighs> we managed to help someone with it, but in so doing, the engines were damaged beyond repair. It won't fly? I wish I had better news, but we'll find a way to bring you home. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me, along with Captain Dennis, navigating the latest aviation news and information. All right, so a couple weeks ago, we were talking about this uh, airport that was trying to, well, shut down uh, to general aviation and uh, become private. And, you know, it's your typical, uh, you know, land grab or, you know, the people that, uh, you know, want to limit our access with our little planes, they they look down on us sometimes and, and want to, you know, just take control of the area. And uh, the FAA has gotten involved to kind of, I don't know, make it a little bit more difficult for them to pursue that effort. Is that right, Dennis? Yeah, I think that the FAA is taking a, a really good uh, position on this because where they want to privatize what was a public airport that used public monies to build it out, you know, everything from the instrument approaches and all of the weather information and all that kind of equipment was all paid for by taxpayers. And that was and where, which airport are we talking about? The, uh, this is at the East Hampton airport in uh, Long Island. Okay. Got so, it. So um, basically the FAA has informed the city that if you do decide to shut down this airport, even if it's for one day, the FAA will have to cancel all of the existing instrument approaches, decommission the weather information, the weather station, all mm. that kind of stuff that's out there because it's no longer federally owned. It's no longer a public use airport. It's no longer the FAA's property. It's now owned by the city. That'll so, teach us. <laughs> well, yeah. what's even more interesting, the city thinks that they can just turn everything back on, but the FAA, as soon as they decommission those approaches, they now have to do the same airspace studies that would be required for a new airport. And the rules have changed. Uh, a lot of stuff was maybe grandfathered into what they were allowed to do for instrument approaches when they designed them back in the 50s. Mm-hmm. And if they had to do them with today's standards, they might wind up having to spend a lot of money doing you know assessments and environmental impacts and all sorts of stuff. Right. This uh, sounds yeah. like your typical political power play uh, where, where the city acted first and the FAA said, okay, yeah, we can play your little game. Okay. Yeah. But this is good. It's going to take, this is what's going to happen if you decide to do that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, board supervisor uh, is apparently floored by the FAA's letter. And, you know, it's like, well, what did you think? You know, they're just right. going to roll over and let you. Uh, yeah. Don't think so. Well, you know, I, I'm glad to see the FAA stepping up and trying to, you know, put a halt to some of this because it's happening all across the country in different places. And, uh, you know, they're trying to railroad some of this stuff through. Uh, and, and maybe that's what we need. They need to just kind of uh, put up a few more roadblocks in front of these folks. And, uh, and maybe that'll help uh, protect our aviation rights a little bit in that, that neck of the woods in, in that uh, category of land grabs. Yeah, just my opinion, but I, I'm glad to see the FAA step up a little bit in that regard. So that's that's good news uh, indeed. Now, when it comes to where you can fly, where you can't, uh, where you can truck, where you can't, obviously Canada has been in the news quite a bit. 
uh, and, and and not necessarily in the most positive light. Now, I'm not sure how I feel about this particular story when it comes to, what is it, ADSB and being yes. equipped in Canada? So you know, we had to equip here in the United States you know, by January 1st, 2020. So mm-hmm. that's done and gone. And, you know, yeah, it was a little bit painful. Um, you know, I put a new transponder in my airplane and then wound up installing a whole bunch of new Avidyne gear on top of the Apario transponder. Right. Oops. You know, while we were in there. But now... Um, Canada has finally decided that they are also going to mandate ADSB. Uh, they're taking a little bit different approach to phasing it in, and they're implementing it a little bit differently. That may cause problems for U.S. pilots because they are going to be going with a space-based ADSB, which means you have to have a transponder that's going to have an antenna not just on the belly of the plane to talk to ground stations, but also on the roof of the airplane so that the satellites can get a clear signal. Hmm. So now, uh, will that work with existing ADSB if you just have the antenna on top, or is it a totally different system? You're going to have to, pro- at a minimum, add an extra antenna to your airplane, or you'll have to go with something like a tail beacon, um, where the antenna is on the back of the plane and is equally visible from top and bottom. So, for someone like me that has uh, an Apario Stratus, uh, they do make a version that has antenna diversity. So worst case, I may have to, you know, do some sort of a trade in or purchase a new transponder head. Yeah. But I'll also have to run an extra antenna uh, to the roof of the airplane in order to have that visibility if I decide I want to fly into Canada. Okay. So you called it a, a tail beacon. I believe in Canada, they call it an aviation toque. <laughs> I'm just saying if... Uh, Maybe. I, I, it might be, uh, that might I'll, be. I'll a check with my neighbors. The uh, they're French Canadian. I'll see if they can give me a ruling on that. <laughs> yeah, those Canadians and all their mandates. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, this but could at least it's going to be a while before it affects me in a piston airplane. They're initially going to start out. Um, it's only going to be required if you're above 12,500. So that's pretty much going to be the turbine pilots. Uh, but it will eventually trickle down to the piston powered fleet as well. Yeah. I so, mean, the, the space based look forward to. ADSB, would that be any better than? the ground stations that we have or is pretty much the same type of technology well it is the same technology it's 1090 it's the same frequency it's the same stuff in fact their space-based adsb picks up our um, antennas right now however it's not guaranteed it has to do with the angle and so depending on where the the satellites are you know it most likely can get it i mean they're using it in the caribbean today and across the ocean but it doesn't guarantee them the reliability they want so that's why they're asking for the dual antenna system Got it. Okay. Well, there's that. All right. And uh, we got time for one more story before we wrap things up today. And what what do we have, Dennis? Well, I have some great news for anybody that's into backcountry flying. So Avidyne, Jeppesen, and the Recreational Aviation Foundation have worked together to update the Jeppesen databases that go into a lot of the uh, popular uh, aviation GPSs, such as my Avidynes or... Um, even some of the uh, Garmin products and some of the other uh, uh, databases that are out there, mm-hmm. they are adding a bunch of these backcountry airstrips. So we'll have an easier way to find these little outlying, you know, rural, hardly used back, you know, back in the middle of nowhere type strips that you see that people like Trent Palmer flying the, you know, their little uh, kit foxes and stuff into. And I think, uh, Greg, you pointed it out during the commercial break that, this might even be a safety enhancement for those of us that don't intend to fly into the backcountry because it'll call out where some of these strips are. So if right. we are flying out in the middle of nowhere, 
we'll be able to see some of these uh, unimproved strips that uh, would maybe be accessible to us for an emergency landing. Well, exactly. I mean, when you, uh, what, what is it called? What's the acronym for the nearest airport? If you hit the little button on the Avidyne or Garmin or whatever. Nearest. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's like a little button in there. Like a, it's an RD view or something. Well, there, there's a, a direct to. A yeah, direct D to. Button. Okay. Yeah. But, but like if you lost power and got in an emergency situation, you press the button on your avionics and it says, okay, look, uh, with your glide scope or where you're at in altitude right now, this is going to be the closest runway. And now it might be the, one of these backcountry uh, things. and It'll be already built into the and into your avionics right yeah well and on the avidine in the if you have the uh, data tags um displayed on the map it actually shows you the nearest airport to you at all times it's always looking through the nearest database and tells you how many miles and at what heading okay so now it's going to be able to display that i don't know if you remember when we were coming back from key west but i was pointing out to you everglade city x-ray zero one there right you know and it was telling us as we we're flying up the coast that that's our nearest and you know, there's the heading for it. So it was really kind of nice to know as you were getting closer and closer to an actual runway as we we're coming across the Gulf there. Makes you feel good. Uh, the the butt muscles just unclench just a little bit. I don't know what percentage, but, you know, it, it just a little extra peace of mind. And, and these backcountry landing strips, these are not private. These are public uh, landing strips it just correct they're just a, little a lot of them are on public land yeah they're out yeah. in the middle of nowhere maybe out in the, in the mountains of montana or out in wyoming or colorado utah places like that where you can you know fly out and explore go fly fishing and yeah. explore, give me more camping, places hiking. to go and we'll wrap it up on that i think that's a good place to end till next time remember there's no better high than learning to fly Just Plane Radio is brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from orbit. Your aviation resource on the Information Super Skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plane Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. But just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlaneRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plane Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to fly and the aviation lifestyle. Listen up, everybody. I have some news. The opinions you just heard on Just Plane Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. A little too far. Cross the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlaneRadio.com.